1: Everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer Extraordinaire Hannah Five Names and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parks II, better known as RP3.
2: Back inside the studio with the producer Extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. Steve, vacationing expert, Wiley, is also right down the hallway. (laughs) What? The gang's back together again. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company on, wait for it, a drizzly, rainy, dreary Tuesday morning. I don't know about you, but... I think we've had enough of all those types of days. Just going to go out on a limb and say, had enough of these types of days. Despite the weather conditions outside this morning, we're going to deliver or try to deliver three hours of entertaining, educational, mind-blowing sports talk. It will hopefully be an experience that you will jot down in your diary And generations from now, they'll look back and go, wow, phenomenal. (laughs) I already have Ms. Hannah Five Names shaking your head going, what are you doing? This is what happens when you get a good night's rest, Five Names. We have a tremendous show lined up, though, for you today. Going to talk all things Astros. Boy, the rookie looked really good last night for Houston. Just a wealth of riches when it comes to pitching. We'll talk about the Strohs and their push now in the month of September with Brett Chancy from the Locked On Astros podcast. He'll join us at 7 o'clock. At 7.30, it'll be all things Vermilion and White with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker. Of course, the Cajuns came off a win in their opener to extend the nation's longest winning streak. And then Jim Gazzolo, the great one, if you will, will be joining us at 8 o'clock. To talk all things McNeese. So those are our three guests. Of course, we'll also be lined up, be ready to go to accept your phone calls. Lots of you called in yesterday, but I know some of you took the day off, if you will. Because it was Labor Day. And you're like, RP3, we love you. Love you and Hannah. But we're going to sit this day out. Because I get a chance to sleep in and then possibly barbecue later. So I'm going to have to catch you later. Not a problem. Give us a call. Game hotline is open 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. Reminder, the RP3 and Company Fantasy Football League draft is tonight. That's right. We wait till the very final week. That way, There's not a pub-on situation for you that you draft someone and then they get injured during the preseason. No one likes that. You just ruin everyone's team. No one likes that. Draft will be tonight. I'm being told 6.30 live online draft. Make sure you're ready for all of you who signed up for our league through the Sleeper app. Because that's what the kids use these days apparently, the old Sleeper app. Make sure you're good to go, because our draft, it's got the little countdown on it right now. I just pulled it up here on my phone. It's got the draft. Oh, the draft begins in 12 hours, 22 minutes, and 39, 38, 37 seconds. What? Let's go. Let's go. Let's look at some of the team names in this draft, shall we? i've been told and i've been focused on other things i have not been given my focus to the fantasy football league like i should have the trey quonsler (laughs) rifle that's that's hannah five names his name for her team i'm big bald and beautiful one Uh, you look you, you know the brand just roll with it uh Zach Miller, our fantasy football expert and former league champion, says Joe Buck yourself. The Jamie says, A.K.A. Mister Green, a molder of young minds, says D's Lutz. Someone has says there's a hot dog in my beer. Team Tiger Bait fifty eight. To a legit to a quit. That's a good name, Darren. I see that's Darren's name. Alave Garden. Oh, outstanding. Cajun's Crawfish Bowl. Team 11 Snake Eyes 11. That's just their 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 profile name. I respect it. Team The Salty One. Is that Salty Steve? Oh. So we got Jamie, Salty Steve, and Darren all in the Fantasy Football League. Oh, we got Team What Up Doc. That has to be Doc. Outstanding. And everybody wants them. Look at this. 14-team Mega League. We will be drafting once again tonight through the Sleeper app where you all signed up to play in the RP3 and Company Fantasy Football League. That does lead us, though, to our poll question of the day. Because I've been having some conversations. How many leagues are you in? Now, I've been in one league, which we'll be drafting tomorrow night. A bunch of old buddies of mine. This will be year number 19 of being in the same league together. Now, there's a core group of us. There's like six or seven of us that have been part of the league the entirety of the time we never fail and then there's been people over the years that have come and gone we created this league when we all worked together up in alexandria now none of us work there <laughs> so so we're all on a group text together really for me staying in that league is less about winning it i've won my league before i've played for a bunch of championships And that's all great. And we used to play for money. We don't play for money anymore. It's mainly just being able to connect with some old friends. And now, of course, I also have the RP3 and company league. So I get to play with you guys out there listening. And that's a lot of fun too. But I don't have time for more than two leagues. Like two leagues is going to be pushing it. I'm going to have to set reminders for myself just to make sure I got my act together that the lineup is set. Or that I'm making sure to check that no one got placed on injured reserve that's in my lineup. It's going to take some work. Just to be a competent fantasy football player these days. So two seems like an enormous responsibility for me. But there's some of you out there listening right now. Y'all go big. Y'all go big. You go big and go home. I got a buddy of mine. Name Ramos, and he is in, like, some big money leagues. Like, he usually is in, like, six, seven, eight different leagues, but a couple of them are, like, big money. I'm talking, like, $1,000 payout type of deals. But yet, he still plays with us just because we can just, you know, give each other crap for, you know, 17 weeks. But some of y'all are in multiple leagues via a group of, text Hannah's in the same amount of leagues as I am she's new to fantasy football last year was her debut I don't have time I'll be 44 on the 13th I don't have time to be in more than two leagues I was surprised by the fact that James Mesh is only in three leagues allegedly he says he's only in three leagues because Matt Miguez the fellow co-host of Crunch Time on the Afternoons, the man who's getting married on Friday. Yeah, a guy's getting married on Friday and taking a honeymoon during college and high school football season. I know. Is in four leagues. Four leagues. So that leads us to our poll question of the day. And it's a good one. How many fantasy football leagues are you playing in? And be honest, you can vote honestly without leaving your name. Just remember. Because we really want to know. Because some of you are borderline degenerates. (laughs) I know folks that are in like seven or eight leagues. That's a lot. That is a lot. Like I said, I'm in two leagues, the RP3 and company league, and then I'm in a, a league with some of my buddies, 19th season that we're in that league together. So, how many fantasy football leagues do you play in? And right now, 56% of the vote, and it's early, say only two. 22% say one. 22% have already chimed in, though, to say more than three. More than three. (laughs) That is phenomenal. John Paul Cajun Daddy says, League number one been in for 15 years, but only five of the eight in this league still play. Number two is a random Yahoo league each year. One money league, and now for the first time with the RP3 and Hannah Five Names draft tonight. Shout out to John Paul and Daddy. We're happy that you're part of it, bud. JPK the OD says, Two, one in the Acadiana Bourbon Society with 10 high-end bottles up for grabs. Whoa, 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 whoa. And the 103.7 Eminem Afternoon Crunchy Show. <laughs> That's a good description. And the chaos has ensued already. My man, first of all, there's an a Bourbon Society. Let's, let's... I can always depend on JPK, the OD, to be bringing something to the table. Uh, isn't JPK, the OD, the one that... Uh, that... experience, had us experience and brought to our attention... The crawfish bowl turkey, that was not JPK the OD. That was Hart. Okay, There's always JPK the OD and Hart that are bringing something new to the table for us. There's an Akiti and a Bourbon Society. And there's 10 high-end bottles up for grabs. Well, I may have to reevaluate things and make sure to get into three leagues now. Because that that sounds like the type of league I need to be in. <laughs> I can, I can already imagine asking my wife. I go, hey. I go, my love. Guess what? I need to, uh, I need to be doing a draft tonight. She goes, didn't you already do a draft? I'm like, yeah, but this is, this is. How many leagues are you in? Three. And then she'll just look at me. She wouldn't even say anything. She'll just look at me. She'll go. <laughs> and I'll be like, uh, I guess I'm not in three leagues. <laughs> Somebody's got to go. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. How many fantasy football leagues do you play in? Once again, tonight is the RP3 and company draft. We'll do it live online through the app. You don't have to worry about me making sure that we do it properly through the sleeper app. I have the techno wizard. Producer extraordinaire, Hannah, five names on top of it. Okay. Okay. We're going to be drafting. The order's already set. That'll be taking place tonight starting at 630. Make sure you're ready. Everyone wants the draft to go smoothly. Everyone wants the draft to go quickly. If we get to the 10th round, fellas and ladies, and you're still trying to figure out which backup tight end to take, we may banish you from the league. Just saying. Just saying. We probably won't. We'll just message you and give you grief because, well, that's the most fun part about playing fantasy football. It's not really winning. That's always cool, but it's more about just giving each other grief. I had a buddy of mine that's in, in my old league that I've been in for 19 years, and we had to change the rules of our league because he went crazy with waiver wire acquisitions so much so that we had to build in a setting barring him for doing more than like 30 in a season. He did like 52. (laughs) I was like, Eugene, no more, no more. No, no, none of that. None of that. I'm also the commissioner in that league and was asked to be the commissioner because one of my best friends, Mike, got tired of hearing people complain about their trade requests not going through or in a timely fashion or something like that. So he said, the rules are the rules, and they some people complained. And then he just finally said, I'm not doing this anymore. And then everyone asked me to do it. They're like, Ray, can you do it? I was like, that's fine. That was like 13 years ago. Yet here I am still the commissioner. I haven't been able to figure out how to pass that off on somebody else. Keep voting on the poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we'll talk a little bit about the fact that it's hate week. Falcons, Saints, hate week. We'll deep dive into that. That's next right here on RP3 and Company. You're listening to the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station than going to the dentist. Take that, dental hygiene. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the National Football League, and they're giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the start of a new football season. Bet just $5 on Thursday's game between the Rams and the Bills, and you can get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Thursday, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on Buffalo or L.A. to win, and if your team leads by seven at any point during the game, You get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on Thursday Night Football. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of age to play, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as a free bet. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And if you have a gambling problem or know someone who does, call 1-877-770-STOP. Reminder, the RP3 and company, Fantasy Football League draft is tonight, 630. Make sure that you're prompt. Make sure you're ready to go. Make sure you got your preparation. I know a lot of you probably buy your magazines, your draft mags to prepare others, scour the internet, the dark web, if you will, for all the intel that you're needing for a successful draft. I am looking forward to having the draft, having fun with all of you. And then around five minutes after the draft is over for me to look at my team as I do every year and go, I'm a dummy, I hate my team. That will happen tonight as well. Make no bones about it. I'll feel good about the draft until I look at the finished board, and then I'll go, why did I draft like I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars? I'll be like, "Whoa." Oh, awful. Awful. But looking forward to it, nonetheless. Producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names. She's looking forward to it as well. She's going to make sure that everyone is ready to go. Look, fellas, let me tell you something. She's the only lady in our league.
3: I'm the only lady in all of the leagues.
2: But you know good and well that she does not have time for your nonsense.
3: Yeah, two minutes. That's all you get. Boom.
2: Two minutes. That's the time we're going to have to draft, yes? Yep. That's how it's built into the settings, yes? Yep. So, I don't want to hear any belly aching. I don't want to hear any complaining. The lady has spoken. She's letting you know right now, two minutes. You need to go ahead and share that on the chat with everyone. Let everyone know. Reminder, you only have two minutes to get your pick in. There'll be no time for nonsense, no time for shenanigans, in out get the job done and if there's belly aching involved you know what's going to happen i don't know you know what's going to (laughs) happen nothing we'll just make fun of you (laughs) live on the air
3: yeah
2: that's what's going to happen
3: especially (laughs) since half of them are probably listening right now yes
2: yes we got doc darren jamie salty steve martin we got John Paul, Cajun Daddy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So we had six of our core listeners. Yeah. And our fantasy football expert, Zach Miller's in the league. Yes. And you and I are in the league.
3: Yes, and also Cole Gilbo is in the league as well.
2: Shout out to Cole Gilbo, part of the Acadiana High Wreck-and-Ram broadcast team. They had a humbling start to the season. To be fair lca has become the new evangel or the new john curtis and we don't have time to get into all of that but no. that's what they are
3: 30 minutes to go through a one quarter that's all i gotta say <laughs> 30 minutes
2: that's a little excited that's that's not ideal that, no. that that's not ideal mm-hmm. you know what is ideal start of the season we got our fantasy football league draft tonight thursday night football this thursday that'll be the season opener Rams, Bills, lots of excitement and buzz about that. And, of course, this coming weekend, Falcons, Saints. Saints travel to Atlanta to take on the Dirty Birds. It's hate week. And I think it's a great way to start off the season. Even though there's part of me, I, I don't love division games right off the bat, it does create even more buzz for your season opener. So, you know, if the Saints were playing, let's say, I don't know, let's say Detroit or the Giants, it wouldn't feel the same. Or the Tennessee Titans, it wouldn't feel the same. Mm -mm. But they're playing the Dirty Birds. They're playing Atlanta, one of the hated rivals. This is good. I like this. I like the fact that hate week is right off the bat. I've always been kind of torn on that, but I do like it because it gives it a little something extra, gives it a little extra juice, if you will. Saints got to play all of their division rivals to start off with. So they're going to be playing the Bucks the following week at home, and then they got to play Carolina with Baker Mayfield. So you play your three division games to start off the season. That kind of sets the tone. That also gives you a a little bit more of sense of urgency about your team. You can't just have a slow start and say, hey, we're going to turn it on and we'll play, you know, we'll win our division. Boom. If you want to win the division, you're going to have to start off doing so right off the bat actually like that. I'm often very critical of what the NFL does. But I actually kind of, I kind of dig this whole thing, the Bills Rams matchup. That's not a division rivalry, that's not a rivalry at all. But boy, that's a good, nice marquee matchup on Thursday night. That's a good, that's a, it's a good matchup. Get you to see the defending Super Bowl champs? Get you to see the best player in the NFL, Aaron Donald? Yeah, I said it. The defensive tackle is the best player. I know. Well, how can it not be a quarterback? But you do have the gentleman who may be the best quarterback in the league by the end of the season, Josh Allen, playing in Thursday's game as well. Yes, more so than Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. But it's NFL hate week, man. Hate week for the Falcons. Saints fans are ready to roll. Love it. We're going to talk more about the Saints, more about the Houdats, Later on in today's show. Heard from Dennis Allen yesterday. We'll give you the latest there. Shout out to Mark Ingram's going to be rocking the twenty two again. A lot of Mark Ingram fans in the Whodat Nation have those twenty two jerseys. You get to wear them again and not have to explain why his number's different. So he gets to rock the twenty two jersey again. Did find that out yesterday. And I, as it stands right now, Marcus May is going to play. That's what we're being told. So we'll keep tracking and keeping an eye on that because he's facing one legal issue for the DWI, but that may not happen. A suspension may not happen until later in the season. And once again, the incident on Monday, the Saints already knew about. That's not an instant thing. The NFL always waits for someone to be charged or found guilty about something. So Marcus May could be available for the opener in Atlanta. Against the Dirty Birds. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we'll shift gears from fantasy in the NFL to college football. Heard from Coach Dez yesterday, held his weekly press conference. We'll recap what he had to say for you. That's coming up next. A little Raging Cajun football talk here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Isn't it? Maybe.
4: Probably.
1: Maybe just a root beer or some flavored water. Back Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Louisiana's Sports sports station. Lafayette
2: Marble and Granite offers the largest selection of granite, quartz, and marble in Acadiana. And they appreciate the opportunity to earn your business. Look, you've heard me talk about Lafayette Marble and Granite providing more than just show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens, your bathrooms, even your man caves. Right now, they have an extensive selection of custom shower builds with or without grout. That's right. Groutless showers. No muss, no fuss, no odor. Easy to take care of. They have a wide selection for you to choose from. Go visit their website, LMGelite.com, to learn more about all the sensational services and the great products that they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. You can go visit Their website, once again, lmgelite.com, or stop by their showroom located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford. They're going through a renovation project right now, so you have to pardon their progress at the showroom, but they're still having people coming by. They still would love to show you everything they have available. Lafayette, Marble & Granite, they're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Don't forget to vote on the poll question of the day. How many fantasy football leagues are you in? Is it one? Is it two? Is it three? Is it more than three? And that could lend itself to going in a plethora of different directions. It doesn't put an exact number on things. It just says, "Ah, do you have more than three? I can guarantee you that our friend, Zach Miller, who joins us every Friday to dole out fantasy football advice that my man is in more than three leagues. (laughs) He takes his fantasy footballing very seriously. He is what we like to call passionate about the fantasy foosball. Right now, how many fantasy football leagues do you play in? The results, 40% of you say two. That's a respectable number. That's the number that Hannah Five names and yours truly is in. 24% of you say more than three. 28% say just one. 8% of you say three. Hart on the Twitter says, Can we get a thread with the most creative fantasy team names like Country Roads, Take My Homes, or Dude Looks Like a Brady? <laughs> That's good stuff. I like that. Uh, Todd says I liked Alave Garden and the eight-year-old and me like these lutz Yes, uh, yes, it's that's exactly the eight-year-old, it, it, maybe the twelve-year-old too, <laughs> or the twenty-year-old. Let us let, be fair. Todd says I'm in five leagues. One is a group I've been with for 17 years, bunch of college friends. There, yeah, I can relate to that. One is a work group. One is Yahoo. One is ESPN, and one with my girlfriend and her family. My man is in five leagues seems like a lot of work. now I do wonder and you you guys can leave your comments on this, do you draft the same way? Are there like same like if you look at your different teams from your multiple leagues, is there going to be carryover bleed over if you will? Are you going to have similar wide receivers quarterbacks, running backs, everything like that? because I know some people do that. Marcus on Twitter says first year. For a contract dynasty league, draft has been going on since Thursday and ends Thursday, $197 million salary cap. See, Marcus is in some big time. That's big time fantasy football. That's a different level. I ain't ready for that. I ain't ready for that type of fantasy football league. Just not. The guru who comes on Kevin's show every week, our friend Spencer, by the way, saw him at the LSU – Florida State game. He was there. Guru was in the house. Of course he was. Because he's the guru. I mean, come on. Guru was there. Five Names is telling me, based on conversations that the guru and foot have had live on the air, that she believes that the guru is in anywhere between eight to ten fantasy football leagues. Eight to ten fantasy. Fantasy football leagues. I'm gonna say it. That seems somewhat excessive. I'm gonna go on limb and say eight to ten fantasy football leagues may be slightly excessive. I'm not for sure if many married men with children are in eight to ten fantasy football leagues. (laughs) I'm not for sure if that would be what I would like to call tolerated. Oh, let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on the proud demon of destiny himself. Kids call him Mister Green. We call him Jamie. Good morning, sir. How are you, brother?
0: Good morning, Mister Third. I'm doing pretty good, I guess. How are y'all this morning?
2: I'm I'm doing well, bud. Have you do you feel any better from the opening weekend performance for your Northwestern State Demons?
0: Well, considering we were going up to Montana, I mean, I kind of expected to lose, and the fact that they didn't lose by 60 makes it a good weekend, because NSU sucks at football. I mean, I've just embraced this <laughs> fact.
2: But, but yeah, yeah, me. it's been a long time since Scott Stoker was the coach up there, brother. It's been a while since that he was up there.
0: 15 years since our last winning season, man, and just like... You know, being a Buccaneers fan, just like with the Bucks, I've learned to say there's always next season, there's always next season, there's always next season. <laughs> so, uh.
2: Are you excited about tonight? Forget about your demons and how they look awful yet again. Are you excited about our fantasy football draft tonight?
0: Yes, absolutely I am. And in my defense, I do teach, like, you know, 10 to 12 year olds, so these luts just kind of comes with the territory of the kids I teach. Uh. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually in two leagues, um, and I draft completely different for both leagues. Um, I'm in our league, and then I'm in a, a league with some, uh, some fellow teachers called the Educational Superstars. And uh, so my draft there is, you know, best available at the time. I actually have a strategy for tonight. And joking aside, it's not to a kicker first. Although I have been in a league where you had to take a kicker first round and defense second round before you could take anybody else, and that was interesting to say the least.
2: (laughs) Jamie, appreciate the phone call, brother. Good luck tonight, my friend.
0: Appreciate it. Y'all too. Take care.
2: Kicker. Mm. You know when I take a kicker with my last pick? Always. I've never changed. I've never changed. And there's always going to be that one guy, that one cat in your league, that's going to be like, look at me. I'm bold. I'm daring. I'm going to take a kicker early. And you're like, no, nah, bud. No, no, no. You do you. I'll go ahead and gobble up another wide receiver that's going to get me like 11 points while you draft a kicker too early that's going to get you eight every week. No, thank you. There'll be no RP3 drafting a kicker early. When the last round comes around is when I'll be drafting a kicker. And I know what some of you are thinking. Well, I'll make sure to get all of the kickers, then the draft, the couple of rounds before RP3 drafts. That's fine. I'll be okay. (laughs) Just say it. Are you, hey, are you making sure to send a reminder out to everyone on the app that they only have two minutes to draft? I forgot to tell Jamie live on the air.
3: Um, I will do that.
2: Get two. I it. was mainly looking at the
3: fact that I do get two picks still in a row because I'm at drafting at ten and you're drafting at five. I was in out of positions on the. No, don't worry. Everybody knows we discussed the rules like I don't know, like three weeks ago. We all discussed it thoroughly. We have fourteen
2: teams in the league. You can't have back-to-back picks.
3: It's a snake draft.
2: Yeah, it's a snake draft. It's going to start here. Oh, if yeah, you're there at is 10, 14. There's 14. Uh, okay, I may have to take over that. Okay, okay. I know, I know it's early in the morning.
3: It is really early in the morning. <laughs> I know
2: it's early in the morning, but still five names.
3: So much so that I decided that I was going to have ramen noodles for breakfast. That's what I grabbed out of my house this morning.
2: That's a poor decision. That's a poor decision.
3: They looked good this morning.
2: <laughs> that's, that's... That's a poor decision. God bless you. We we can do better. We can do better. Let's talk a little Raging Cajun football while we have a few minutes here. Cajuns win their opener versus Southeastern Louisiana to extend the nation's longest winning streak. Now they welcome in Eastern Michigan to Cajun Field on Saturday. Let's hope it doesn't rain all day on Saturday, too, like it did this past Saturday. But they get an opportunity. What makes this game interesting on Saturday is not the fact that they're playing Eastern Michigan. I don't even know who the Eastern Michigan mascot is. Not yet. I will have to look it up. Is the fact that they're going to get a game on NFL Network. This is a new thing, a new initiative, in that the NFL Network is going to broadcast college games and guess what the raging cajuns are going to be on the nfl network versus their the eastern michigan eagles there we go i'm great i'm great at charades this is what coach des had to say about the opportunity to be able to play on nfl network
5: i I, I think it's great you know I, i think it's great for our players i think it's great for our programs great for our university Anytime that we get to play on national television, you know, we, our representation of, of this university goes beyond just the normal reach of it. And the NFL Network you know, is a national brand. I think I heard 57 million homes. It's a great opportunity for us to really demonstrate and show what the culture is all about. I think getting to play another group of five team that's a really good team from a conference that we run into all the time in the bowl games. That's a great thing for us as well, you know, for the Sun Belt Conference, for us as a university. Um, so there's a lot of positives in it. Anytime we get to showcase our university, right, getting to play at home on our field, you know, and the whole country sees that stacked raging Cajuns logo in Louisiana in the end zones—that's nothing but a good thing. So, you know, um, our kids will be fired up for it. I-, I know they're already. It didn't matter, you know, if this is on national television or we're going to be playing in the parking lot, you know, with the car lights on, they're going to be ready to play this game because. They know that we have a lot of improvement to do. It's just more fun when you get to do it on a stage like this against a team that we really respect, um, you know, and then obviously at home, you know, so all those things are are good for us.
2: Let's talk a little bit about the opponent. They're the Eagles, of course, already knew that. Eastern Michigan of the MAC. They do – the Sunbelt is usually lined up with the MAC for a lot of their bowl games. Eastern Michigan – It's a long way down for them, and they get to come play in the heat and the humidity of southwest Louisiana. It's going to be a bit of a challenge for Eastern Michigan, but Coach Dez knows not to take the the opponent for granted. He knows that his team is going to have to be, as Billy Napier used to say, laser-focused on Eastern Michigan.
5: They run their offense out of a lot of different sets, and they're very versatile in that. So, you know, they provide problems there. You know, they've got really sure-handed receivers that do a good job. I mean, they're dependable as a day is long. I remember watching them last year, um, you know, on one of the mat games during the week, and one of their guys, I don't know, might have had 300 yards for last year or something in one of these games, you know. So they have some talented receivers. They've got a good thing in the backfield with their kind of one-two punch. Um, you know, number 22 is uh, is their big back. He's their starter, and then 28 is their speed guy. So. They they've got uh they've got a good thing going on offense and on defense they've got their own identity as well. I mean they know what they are. They're big inside, they're they're heavy inside, they're run stoppers. They got good length at end. You know, their linebackers fit the run. Their safeties are going to they're going to put their safeties who are both really big in position to be able to fit the run and they're going to play their corners off and keep it in front and make you make you chip away at it all the way down the field. So, you know, they've got an identity. Those guys have done a great job. You know, I remember we played Eastern Michigan whenever I played here, and um, you know that program has improved drastically from that time. Um, you know, to see where they are now, they're they're a really good football team. Every year in the MAC, they have a chance to win the league. Um, they've been in bowl games more times than not, you know, the last few years. So, you know, you got a team coming in here that's confident. They're a veteran team. Their offense, in particular, shoot, they're almost all graduates or seniors. You know, there's there's very few underclassmen in that starting lineup. So. You know they're uh, an experienced team that comes in that knows how to win and you know they're, they're going to play a physical brain of ball that we got to be willing to go in there and, and, and go match that intensity and that physicality.
2: Eastern Michigan comes in there one and O having won their opener over Labor Day weekend versus Eastern Kentucky 42 to 34 once again Cajun Field this Saturday night six o'clock is the kick. yours truly will be in the house to cover said game. Producer Extraordinary Hannah. Five names will be there as well, taking photos, doing things on social media, the TikTok, the Twitch, the Instagram, the Instacart, Grubhub, everything. She's going to be on top of it all. We'll talk more about the Raging Cajuns with our friend Jay Walker coming up at 7:30 this morning. But we got to take a time out, wrap up our number one update, the poll question of the day. That's all coming up next, right here. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. (music) Poll question of the day. How many fantasy football leagues do you play in? That's because the RP3 and Company Fantasy Football League draft is going to be tonight. That's right. Jamie, Doc, John Paul Cajun Daddy, Martin. Darren Darren's the number one raging Cajun fan of RP3 and company by the way all the fellas Salty Steve are going to be part of the live online draft that begins at 6 30 once again fellas you have two minutes to get your picks in so no dilly-dallying how many fantasy football leagues do you play in right now 38 percent of you say two 27 percent say one percent say more than three eight percent say three more than three that's a lot that's just a lot. Darren says, I'm in so many people are kicking me out of theirs like that. And he shared a clip from Fresh Prince with DJ Jazzy Jeff being thrown out. That's great. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two. We'll kick it off talking Houston Astros with Brett Chancy of Locked On Astros podcast. That's next right here on the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah.
6: Everything. Everything. Everything going to be
0: all right this morning.
1: Live from the The Delta Delta Media Media Studios Studios in in Upper Lafayette, Lafayette. here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and and your big, big, bald, beautiful beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
2: Houston Astros, man, they just have a wealth of riches, don't they? When it comes specifically to their pitching staff, they have the guy that's more than likely going to win the Cy Young Award yet again in Justin Verlander. They have Framer Valdez, who would be a number one on most teams. He's simply just the number two for the Shroes. He's an all-star. Jose Arquidi has been pitching extremely well. Lance McCullers Jr., we know what he brings to the table when healthy. He's back. And then they had the young fella. We've been talking about him awaiting the opportunity to be called up to finally get the chance to show what he can do. And Hunter Brown, who was dominating A, finally got called up and had himself one heck of a start. He went one, two, three inning on nine pitches in his first inning in the show last night. That's right. A one, two, three inning. Went six innings, gave up only three hits, no earned runs, struck out five, walked only one batter. That is one heck of a debut. 79 pitches, 56 of them were strikes as the Astros go on to win their 4,812th game. They're now 48 and 12, and 48 and 12 all time. They're a perfect 500. To talk more about Hunter Brown's performance, and last night's win over the Rangers, is our friend from the Locked On Astros podcast, Brett Chancey, joins us now. Brett, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend?
6: Man, I'm doing great. That was a that was an a, that was an excellent game last night. It was a classic one nothing low scoring affair. Of course, you know we were opposed by Martin Perez, who seems to not only pitch well in 2022, but really does a great job against the Houston Astros.
2: That he does, and I want to talk about the Astros because they gave their young rookie pitcher no-run support, barely. He only got one run. That was it. They couldn't do anything at the dish. Puts even more pressure on the rook, right? Yet he rose to the occasion. The first inning, when you saw him just go down through, when you saw him strike out Seager, what was going through your mind?
6: Well, I mean, just, you know – not only Seager but Simeon. I mean, you yeah. know, when Simeon goes down without even swinging at a pitch in his first, the first batter he faces. I mean, this is a veteran. These are Simeon and Seager are two very good veterans that that have a history and we they have a proven track record. You know, Seeger's one of the guys that that has, has really been. Um, you know, he's been a guy that hits well against Houston. It, it was it was something else. I mean, he hit ninety five point seven miles per hour on a slider. That was a very Jacob de type of thing, but his preparation for the game and the way he looked in the game, man, if he didn't look like a like a reset of Justin Verlander like vintage verlander twenty twenty you know twenty twelve twenty thirteen Justin verlander old school, I mean, this kid had poise um he he never he never lost grip, he never got unraveled you know at one point had a guy on third base and you know you would have thought that that run would have scored he, he didn't rattle he looked like a veteran on the mound
2: he looked like he was ready for the show and so many times especially when it comes to pitchers they don't because once something goes sideways for them especially young guys it can get away from them and he is very composed very confident in his abilities a great rookie performance. Let me ask you this. Does this change how the Strohs and how Dusty Baker utilize their prize pitching prospect the rest of the way?
6: I think you really need to give this kid a shot to have a few more starts to let him get this confidence built up because more than likely, in a playoff scenario, you're gonna like to keep him on, but I don't know that there's room for him as a starter. You know, unless Lance McCullers takes you know three steps backwards, which I doubt he's going to do. Really, there's not an open place for him on the mound. But I think the rest of the year, um, Eric had even said, "What if they went with a seven-man rotation <laughs> the remainder of the season?" You know, right now it still remains to be seen. When Verlander is going to come back, they they seem to be extending the timetable a little bit. But he all but deserves—I mean, a couple more starts at least. I I really think that they would be remiss to suddenly move him into the bullpen, especially um, after he came out and dominated the way that he did. You know, um, I remember talking to him at Constellation Field when he was selected to the Futures Game, and while he was appreciative of the nod from his peers in the league, he said, I, all I want to do is be pitching at Minute Maid Park. And, and he was he was dead serious about that. And everything I've heard from the kid, seen from the kid, he I mean, he was as advertised. And a lot of times kids come up as advertised and they struggle or they struggle in their first outing. Or you'll have a kid come up and he'll do an amazing opening job with his major league debut and then falter after that. And I don't think that's going to be the case for Hunter Brown.
2: Does this allow them let, – let's say their their grand plan is, Brett, that they're like, you know what, he, he may not make the playoff roster, right? Brett. But let's let him get a taste of things while Verlander is still on the mend. We don't have to rush him back. We want to regulate his innings anyway because we want to keep Justin fresh for the postseason. They could also take the same approach with Lance McCullers, right? They don't want to overuse him coming off an injury. Does this give Brown the opportunity to get a ton of experience for a World Series contender here down the stretch?
6: No, yeah, definitely. I I just think that, like you said, he he was ready for the moment. He's been preparing for the moment. I think even in spring training, he was focused on this, and his hard work has paid off. I, I mean, he absolutely dominated AAA but you know I'm sitting here watching just the replays of some of his strikeouts and and he he wasn't he wasn't getting guys guessing at pitches over the heart of the plate he was painting the corners he was hitting 97 dotting the outside of the plate and just i mean his slider's so wicked i think he he definitely gets more opportunities and i think like you mentioned with Lance McCullers and with JV there's plenty of opportunity for him to to, um, to flourish and to get multiple opportunities because going into next season, you may be talking about a possible rookie of the year campaign for Hunter Brown with the Houston Astros.
2: Let's switch gears and talk about Alvarez. What's going to happen here? Because it sure does feel like we're trending towards a decision being made on him of him possibly being just shut down or – the best-case scenario, try to shut him down as much as they can because they want to see if they can get his wrist healthy enough for the postseason. Am I wrong?
6: Well, I mean, he did hit the three hardest-hit balls in the game last night. So, I think, you know, they were they were discussing it a little bit um, here in town you know, last night and all weekend, and... I think that Alvarez may not need a stint on the I.L., but it is definitely something where they are going to give him a few days rest here or there. And if they feel like he can make it through the regular season and the postseason without shutting him down completely, um, that may be the route they go. People have wondered, and I've wondered, why wouldn't they have put him on a 15-day I.L. stint prior to give him like a really full two weeks or fifteen days worth of rest, that way you go, okay, now where are you, big guy? Like how are things going? How are things feeling? And go from there. I don't think they shut him down. I think he's too much of a I think he's too much of an obstacle for an opponent even having to plan if he's going to be in the lineup. And he and the team may not feel that it's that far, that he can maybe make it to the end of the postseason without sustaining any, like, long-term damage. I think if long-term damage was an issue, they would definitely shut him down, but there's no indication that they are.
2: Do you think they're going to regulate his time in the outfield compared to being a DH? Do you think the rest of the way we're going to see him primarily used as a DH?
6: I would think that would be probably the best thing because if it's a hand issue, I mean, you can control it with the at-bats as much as you can, but when you're out in the field, you got him diving, you got him reaching – you know the netting, the wall, all the different things going on out there. And if it's both wrist, then you want to limit how much that he is really, I guess, having to use his hands. And as long as he can swing the bat, grip the bat, and hit balls, you know, 106 plus miles an hour off the bat, then I think he continues to be DH. And that's not a bad place to have him. You know, we've got we've got uh, you know, we got Mancini out there who's not the best fielder, but you know, um he can do and his bat typically plays well. So
2: Yeah, but you didn't trade uh for, for Trey because of his fielding abilities. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> no, right, right. right. So that, that that's where you're there there, uh with that. Okay, so let's look at this team because best team in American league by country mile now is the Yankees continue to I don't know, they 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 are just crumbling under the weight of being the best team in baseball at the all star break looks like home field advantage is going to be locked up even though I don't think that's that big of a deal for the Astros the way they're built they're built to to win on the road but what do you need to see out of this team in the next few weeks while Alvarez just tries to get on the man while Bregman continues to improve to get back to his 2019 form what are you looking for for from this team as they play let's be honest inferior competition
6: well, I'm I'm really need them to start um, hitting with runners in scoring position more often, mm, leaving less runners on base, because you don't want to be trending with that going into the playoffs. Now, a you know a five game series, seven game series, that can change on a dime, that can change in a heartbeat, but you you don't want to be trending. With that, as you are kind of like, okay, guys, when we get someone on base, we can't bring them home. And I think it's important that that the key guys in the lineup. I mean, it's great when Hensley gets up and gets a two-run double, or you know, but we need we need Bregman to be that guy, that top ten guy. We need Yuli Guriel not to flap to right field when there's a guy on second and third. Um, we need these these hitters to step up and to score runs because you can put guys on base and you can hit singles all you want. But if you're if you're getting 11 hits and two runs in the playoffs, that's not going to be a recipe for success.
2: This week, Mo, more immediate. Rangers, obviously, are on deck. You played them last night. You play them again tonight and, of course, on Wednesday. Let's talk about that because – Texas spent a lot of money this offseason, Brett. And they brought in a lot of guys. And they're nowhere near being a playoff team. I think it's better for the division to have the Rangers be good and have the Rangers and Astros battle it out in the state of Texas. I think that's just better for the division. Uh, What's been the biggest hang-up for Texas to kind of get over that hump and do what Seattle's doing this year?
6: Well, Texas just has not, for whatever reason, been able to develop any kind of prospect pool. Now, when you talk, if you're talking about the Texas Rangers looking ahead to, to 2024, um, you're talking about a team that's probably going to be competitive with Lighter and Rocker down there in the minors. They've got some other guys. Um, I mean, they've got a good prospect pool. I mean, they got kids up right now, Bubba Thompson. Um, you know, they have Leodi Leodi Taveras, who is a who's a very good young player. But they just, I mean, they kind of became the angels of Texas. They have some great hitters. They just don't have any pitching. And it's just going to take time. And I think with, uh, I believe, Chris Young is pretty much in charge of things now. I think you're going to see things turn around for the Rangers. We would like to see a more competitive AOS division. It would be nice to have the Rangers, because it's a little bit more fun to talk smack to Rangers fans when they can actually back something up. Um, But, you know, I can tell you, uh, it 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 is all about development. It's all about pitching. And, look, they don't have to be the top minor league system. The Astros aren't the top minor league system, but yet they pump out superstar after superstar or budding superstar one after the other with a lack of resources just because they know how to do it the right way. So I think the leadership change helps the Rangers. I don't know how much they compete next year, Maybe they get closer to 500, but I think 2024 is that year you're really going to see them flourish um, unless they have an early upstart next season.
2: 58 and 76. I don't think that's what they imagined this season looking like when it became September the 6th. Uh, I don't think anyone expected that. We expected more things from the Rangers. I, I, I'll, let me ask you one more. It's about the Angels. And look, I am not a Houston Astros fan. But I'm even nauseated by the, the the love affair and, I say, borderline perversion about Otani and the Angels and Mike Trout. And it's the same thing they did with Trout for all those years, and now they're doing it with Otani. When national baseball writers talk in a tone to us on social media or when they're doing interviews, about just how this has never been done before and that this is so unique and you should appreciate it and there's no question who the MVP is and so forth and so forth. And 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 I, I'm not a big fan of being talked down to. That, all that said, I, I, Otani special and so was Trout. their generational talents. But shouldn't the MVP have something to do with the fact of how much better you make your team? Can we keep giving the MVP out to guys on teams that don't make the playoffs or don't even have a winning record.
6: I agree with you 100%. I I think, I think Otani deserves a, an, an award that Eric, I actually, our co-host on the show said needs to be created called the Babe Ruth award. (laughs) Where when a pitcher goes out there and he's hitting and pitching, given the Babe Ruth award, Otani may win it every season, but he kind of gets his own award. But I've always wondered about that with the MVP. Like, Like Mike Trout, like how does he make his team better? I mean, you know, Aaron Judge clearly has had effects on games where he's hit walk-off home runs, even against the Astros. And I think where the MVP talk about Otani, I get the pitching and hitting aspect of it. But what Aaron Judge has been able to do for his team for the most part of the season seems to be more MVP-esque. Or just players, like you said, that affect the outcome of a team. I mean, how much how much of a boost has Justin Verlander been to the Houston Astros? Why aren't we talking about him as an MVP? Or, I mean, had Jordan Alvarez been healthy this entire time, how are we not talking about him being an MVP because he's a game changer? And most valuable player it has always been an award that really in baseball, it's like it should be a playoff award, but it also you should have some sort of impact on your team. It's just one of those awards that I don't think it can ever be like the results will ever satisfy every fan base. But I clearly understand your frustration because um, it stinks. Uh, It stinks having that. And the Angels either need to sell the team and move or they need to do something really quick because they may lose Otani pretty soon.
2: The MVP is going to come from a team that's currently 17 games below 500. I don't even need the team to be a playoff team. But there's 17 games under 500, and the argument is, well, if you take them off the team, they'll be even worse. Well, it, it, there's 17 games under 500. Like, how much worse can they be? Like, that. That's my, that's my problem is that you can be a great player but valuable, most valuable player – if you take him off the team, you know what happens to the Angels, Brett? They still don't make the playoffs, just like it was all those years with Mike Trout, who everyone's told me is the second coming of Mickey Mantle. It's, it's, it's the same thing. You take him off the team, they're still not a playoff team.
6: Exactly. I mean, you could even say someone like a Dylan Cease could get an MVP nod because, you know, they're one game over 500, but without Dylan Cease on there, they don't have thirteen or fourteen of those wins. That to me seems like a more viable thing. And it 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 makes perfect sense. And no, even if Otani wasn't on this team or or Trout wasn't on this team, they would still they would probably be worse, yes, but they would be like they hit four home runs, they score six runs and they lose eight to six. I mean, that's what this team does. And it is it is pretty infuriating. I mean you can make a case for Ramirez over in Cleveland to be an MVP. I agree. I'm saying you can make a case for Julio Rodriguez um, with the Seattle Mariners being an MVP. I would be more. I would be happier with someone who was on a team making a difference more so than what you see here. Heck, maybe some of the maybe someone on the Orioles side has an MVP candidacy in them kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's frustrating, and you want to talk about. You want to talk about wasted talent? I just, you know, I don't feel bad. Mike Trout chose his path. He he, he chose the Angels. Otani, you know, signed with them, but I just don't see Otani staying there past the contract he's under. And the Angels, if if I were them, if I were smart, I would trade Otani and get a ton of prospects and try to rebuild from there.
2: Brett, appreciate your time, as always, and appreciate you letting me rant about the MVP. Sorry, I had, had to get that off my chest. I was not expecting to do that on this Tuesday morning, but it just came out. Appreciate your time, brother.
6: <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. And I, I definitely I won't, I won't send you a bill since this was our first counseling session, but the charges will start next week, okay? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, bud. <laughs> that's Brett Chancey of the Locked On Astros podcast joining us. I mean, I just – that's always the argument. And the national baseball nerds get on their high horse, and they talk down to me all the time. Well, you know, this is, uh, he's, this has never been done in the history of baseball. You know, you just don't understand the nuance of what he's accomplishing for this team. And I just want to just, just, it makes me not want to be right with God sometimes, the way they talk down to us these these national baseball folks, and they're just telling me all the time, well, you really need to appreciate Show your... Otani's great. Otani is amazing. I make no... I've never not once said that. Just like I never once not said that Mike Trout wasn't amazing. Do they make their teams better? Do they make their teams have, I don't know, a winning record? Do they make their teams a playoff team? The answer you're searching for is no, no, no. Sorry, that shouldn't matter. we got to take a timeout. We'll update the poll question of the day. That's all coming up next right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. <music> DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner. The NFL is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the start of a new football season. Bet just $5 on Thursday night's game and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Thursday, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on Buffalo or L.A. to win. If your team leads by seven at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code 1037GAME, that's 1037GAME, to get yourself $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on Thursday night football. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, you must be 21 years of age to play, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions do apply. To find out more about eligibility and terms, visit DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee Partners, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. Gambling problem. Call 1-877-770-STOP. Poll question of the day. How many fantasy football leagues do you play in? That's an honor, of course, of the RP3 and Company Fantasy Football League draft, which will take place starting at 630. You only have two minutes to get your picks in, fellas. And ladies. Right now. How many leagues do you play in? 42% of you say two. 30% say one. 16% of you say more than three. And 12% say three. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. we got to take a timeout. When we return, though, here on RP3 and Company, we'll talk all things Vermilion and White with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. Jay Walker is going to join us coming up next right here on the Game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and
1: Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
2: Football season is here in the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to crown you the tailgating king with the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. You could score yourself $500 to chops, specialty meats, a brand new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Raging Cajun football games, and so much more. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game, but you can only win it if you become a member of our clubhouse, so go sign up today. It's simple, it's easy, and it's free. It's time for us to talk more about those Raging Cajuns. They began the season with a victory over the Southeastern Louisiana Lions on Saturday. At Cajun Field, there will welcome in Eastern Michigan Eagles Saturday night, kickoff 6 o'clock. The game will be televised on the NFL Network, which is a big deal. Great exposure for the program. To recap what he saw while being on the call on Saturday night is the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, joins us now. Jay, good morning to you, brother. How are you?
7: I'm looking forward to um, winning that contest.
2: Oh, this man wants the ultimate tailgate giveaway. There it is. I do. I there do. it is. Uh, let's uh, look. Uh, tailgating was a little dampened on Saturday, but I was pleasantly surprised, Jay. Despite it raining all day, it was a pretty good crowd on hand for there for the opener, despite the conditions. Took my daughter. We came to the game. I was surprised by how many folks uh, came out.
7: Um, You know, I, I had no problem with the crowd. Um. You know there are always going to be folks who complain about the crowd. Uh, I, I thought the um, I thought the student participation was good. I agree. And um, you know, I'm just hoping that we can actually have a nice day Saturday so we can uh, we can get a, a few people in the stands and make some noise and have a home uh, home crowd advantage.
2: It definitely. And hopefully the weather will actually cooperate. Um, unlike it, what it did. It was so funny, though, because it was raining where I was at. I was on the, the south side of Lafayette coming to the game, and I texted someone at the game, and I said, hey, is it still storming over there? And they're like, no, it just it stopped. And as soon as I got pulled up to Cajun Field, the rain stopped, and we were able to watch the football game. So that was uh, it definitely fortunate circumstances. Uh, give me your big takeaway of what you thought from the Raging Cajun offense in Saturday's game.
7: I, I thought the offense was what it was. I think there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, offensive line has to play better. I thought the quarterbacks did fine. I didn't think they were spectacular, but I, uh, but I thought both of them managed the game well. Cajuns had no turnovers in the game. Um, wide receivers uh, had about three drops. That needs to get cleaned up. But uh, overall, I, I thought the offense was efficient. It uh, This is going to be a different team this year, Ray. I don't think this is going to be a team that's going to be able to just go ahead and pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock. They're going to have to throw it more because, um, you know, the backs are just as talented, but the guys up front are not. So um, they're going to have to throw it more. But overall, um, overall, I'd I'd give them a a solid B. I thought they were were all right.
2: Was... Johnny Lumpkin being a part of the offense like he was with the two touchdown grabs, do you think that was just a matchup situation against Southeastern Louisiana, or do you think we could see the tight end predominantly featured this season in this offense?
7: I've been saying for about three weeks now that if you're going to use the immediate, uh, the intermediate passing game, that you're going to see the tight end get more involved. Now, the guy I kept bringing up was Neil Johnson and not Johnny Lumpkin, but it was Lumpkin on Saturday. But, no, I'm not surprised at all that the tight ends are getting some work. I expect them to get a lot of work.
2: You mentioned, you know, the the offense, that it was good, you give it a great. I did like what I saw out of Terrence Williams, the young man out of Manny High School. I thought he ran uh, pretty well. And I I know a lot of people are like, well, it's not what we had, but it's the first game. I, I definitely saw potential there. With the guys backing up Chris Smith,
7: I agree with you. I think uh, I, the the word that I used um, when somebody asked me about it yesterday, I thought that Williams and Cabote ran angry. Yes, and um, and you know we we've seen that before with some Cajun running backs. Trey Regis is the first one that comes to mind. Um, but i that's what I liked about it. I, I thought they ran angry, and because of that, uh, they had a little bit of success, and I'm with you. I, I like Williams a lot, and but I like Cabote a lot, too. So I, I think the Cajun running game's in good shape. Like I said, I, I don't know they're going to be able to rely on the ground game quite as much, but the, the running backs really don't have a lot to do with that.
2: I liked what I saw out of the uh, offense like you said that they were efficient they weren't spectacular but they were efficient now that could be the fact of even though it's artificial turf the turf was still wet right it's still it, it, and it's also the first game do we anticipate coach des playing both quarterbacks as much as he did in the opener moving forward throughout the season
7: well you know throughout the season remains to be seen but if you're asking me are they going to do it again this week the answer is yes um I think as long as both quarterbacks show that they can be efficient, uh, I expect that you're going to see him continue to do it the way he did it Saturday.
2: Jay, we talked about a lot during the ramp-up to the season that this team would be led by its defense, and that uh, Saturday's result did not change my mind whatsoever. Uh, would you make of the type of performance the defense put out there on the field?
7: Very solid um you know you held a, you held southeastern to just 7 points um they didn't give up any big plays uh on the defensive side of the ball and uh, you know when you do that when you don't give up the big play you got a really good chance to win the football game and uh, you know and plus they got a couple of takeaways with Eric Garner and um, Amir McDaniel and so i thought overall the defense was very solid um they're going to get, I think, a little bigger test this week. But I liked what I saw out of the defense, uh, the defensive line. I, I like the linebacker play, and I like the play in the secondary.
2: Uh, I I I think it was, I thought it was a really good performance because you held a Frank Selfo offense to less than 300 yards in a ball game, and their passing attack didn't even cro- didn't even cross 150 yards. So, uh, you know, they got after them, they got the pressure. And, and and the other thing, Jay, they, they didn't have Trey Amos. They're going to get him back, so they're going to get another piece back. I agree with you. I think they're going to get tested a little bit more. Do you think they're going to get tested by Eastern Michigan more because of the big back they have or because of what they do overall as an offense?
7: Well, I think both. You know, they do have a big back that's uh, that's gotten some things done for them. But, you know, they like to throw the ball. They like to They like to spread it around. And for the second week in a row, The Cajuns are going to play against a quarterback who has played in the Sunbelt Conference. Their quarterback um, played at Troy uh, and and transferred out. And honestly, I don't remember if he played against the Cajuns or not, because there were a couple of years where the Cajuns and Troy did not play because they were in the other division. Um, So I I can't tell you that the guy's played against the Cajuns before, but I can tell you he's familiar with the Sunbelt.
2: Jay, what's the big thing that you saw that you think Coach Des and his staff are going to be working on this week for this team to get better? It could be one thing or it could be multiple things.
7: I think it's multiple things. You know, I don't know that there's any phase of the game except maybe Reese Burns who's been so automatic for so long. I don't think there's any phase of the game that they can't improve at. Uh, I think they can, I think they can block better. I think they can run better. I think they can throw better. I think they can catch better. I I think that they can uh, stop the run better. Uh, I think they can get after the quarterback better. So I I think that there's a lot of things that they can be working on for the game this week. And, you know, look, in game one, I expect always that you're going to get far from a team's best shot because it's game one. And you've got a lot of guys had haven't played much football that are out there. you got some guys had haven't played any football that are out there. And they're going to make mistakes, and they're going to have some things they can do better. So, you know, I, I expect they're going to work, work on everything because I think they need to get better in all facets of the game for when conference play begins. So, uh, and, and you know what? I think Mike can call plays better. Um, and, and he said that after the game, and, and I agreed with him uh i think he can do a better job too so i and and i know mike well enough to know that when you start correcting things the first thing he's going to do is look in the mirror and then after that he's going to look at his football team
2: you don't like giving predictions so i'm not going to put you on the spot because i respect you too much there jay but how do you think this game is going to go on give me your key to the game so to speak saturday night at cajun field when eastern michigan comes to town
7: you know i think getting after the quarterback is going to be important this week um Eastern Michigan is a better offensive team than Southeastern Louisiana. Um, also, you know, I don't think that they're as good defensively as Southeastern Louisiana. So I want to see good balance from the Cajun offense, and I want to see them make the quarterback uncomfortable on defense. Of course, turnover margin is always the biggest key of the football game. Um, Eastern Michigan and the Cajuns are both teams that, um, have been good at turning people over. And so I, I think that's going to be a very important statistic as well.
2: Jay, always appreciate your time, brother. Enjoy your week. Enjoy being on the call on Saturday and I'll see you. I'll see you up in the press box on Saturday, my friend. Enjoy your week. I look
7: forward to it. Thanks so much for having me. Go Cajuns.
2: Jay Walker. Joining us, longtime voice on the Raging Cajuns. Look, we said it before. We said it last week. They were going to win by double digits. It wasn't going to be the prettiest game, but they were going to be efficient. It's the first game of the season. I would expect to see some progress this week against Eastern Michigan, and then they go to to Rice. Look, we keep talking about the Raging Cajuns being possibly like an eight-win team based on their schedule and we think they're going to take a step back. But, man, if they can build up some momentum and start getting some confidence, you never do know what can happen. Cajuns are at home on Saturday. Producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. It's a big week. Are you prepared for what Saturday's going to entail? Because let me lay it out for you. I was thinking about this yesterday after I came back home from New Orleans for covering the LSU game, hanging out with the daughter. It's the holiday. She wanted to make a blanket for it. We did that. I'm a master at that, by the way, in case you were wondering. So um, watching uh, tangled in the blanket for it in the living room. It's a game changer. She also got to eat a hot dog inside the blanket for it, which made her just made her day. by the way. Didn't let her eat the macaroni and cheese five names because if it spills, it's an issue. But the hot dog, not a problem. So we got a busy week this week, because it's the first week of dancing, by the way. Back to dancing has been moved to Thursday nights. So, Thursday night will be baby girl's first night at dance. Thursday night is also St. Lawrence Repairs game of the week for years truly. Port Berry at Beauchamp. So, I get to go to my wife's alma mater. Then, Saturday is birthday party. Hattie Elise Parch becomes an eight year old officially. I mean, she's been seven going on 20 as it is. But we have the birthday party. On Saturday, which, by the way, you've, of course, been invited to at the Sky Zone there in Lafayette. We're going to do that in the afternoon with like, I don't know, 14 or 15 kids. I don't know if Sky Zone's ready for that. And then it's Raging Cajuns versus the Eagles flying in from Eastern Michigan. It's going to be a big weekend, big weekend in the Parch household. Plus the Saints play on Sunday great input by you thank you thank you thank you for chiming in to
3: do tell you good job on planning out your weekend
2: no are you have you planned out the weekend
3: i are you ready for what's
2: going to happen on saturday i don't think you're prepared i don't think you're prepared i don't
3: think i am a pair of 14 little (laughs) eight-year-olds that's all of
2: her friends from like preschool and school and church and cousins they're all coming it's going to be there's going to be pizza there's gonna be jumping on the trampolines. And then you're gonna think, wow. And then you're gonna to think to yourself, oh man, I survived the birthday party of Hattie turning eight. Now I can go home and rest. And they'll be like, no. no. Then we get to go cover the Cajuns.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Probably right at this time. I actually have the cord to be able to transfer the picture of my camera to the computer this time. <laughs>
2: You did great. That was a tremendous gallery that you posted, by the way. Thank Tons you. of great photos. I'm just not saying that because you got a good photo of Hattie and I on the rail because we hung out <laughs> at th- on the bottom of the hill for the pretty much the first quarter of the game. Because just like every other little kid, she's obsessed about the hill. She was so funny about it because we got there, and I, it had been raining all day. So obviously, it's, it's just nothing but just wetness and you know muddy grass.
3: Yes. My and, knees were completely soaked when I got
2: home. Right. And all the little boys are just like rolling down the hill. And she's like, Daddy, I want to go on the hill. I was like, no, I don't want you to get all wet. She's like, Daddy, I'm not going to fall. Sure enough, she was running up in that like Rocky training to fight Drago in Rocky Four. It was like a, a montage of her getting prepared to go into a a 12-round heavyweight bout. And she was just going up and down the hill like a champ. She's like, come on, Dad. And I was like, nah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Daddy's good right here on the rail. But then we had to get up. And that was, man, I was treacherous. I felt my calf muscles for days. (laughs) And for two days, I was like that up and down that hill. That is no joke.
3: Oh, yeah. All day Sunday, my like calves hurt so bad because a guy told me because the door, I think, to the press box to like go into the elevator was like closed. Or maybe at the wrong door, maybe. But I asked a guy that was working there, I was like, hey, how do I get to the press box? And he, oh, we got to go up the ramp. So I went up the ramp. You don't then go up went the ramp. up you take all the elevator. way up the stairs after the fact. Oh. And the poor guys outside were like, are you okay? I said, no, I'm really not. <laughs> I sat down and smoked popcorn. <laughs>
2: I will take care of you on Saturday. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> Hattie uh, would like you to know yes. that to please survive the eight-year-old kid's uh, party palooza of Hattie Elise Parch. So you got to survive it. Okay. Okay.
3: Yep. Boom. Got it.
2: Boom. We got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up hour number two. We'll get you set up for hour number three when Jim Gozolo, the great one, the man who covers McNeese Cowboys better than anyone else, joins us. That's all next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the Tigers and the Strows poll question of the day how many fantasy football leagues do you play in once again rp3 and company league is drafting tonight at 6 30 we live online through the sleeper app that's right I'm, I'm i know things now how many fantasy football leagues do you play in 42 percent of you say you play in two of them 30 percent of you say one 16 percent say more than three and 12 percent of you say just three Ooh, keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. Hour two in the books, hour three. Jim Gazzolo will join us to kick things off here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Everything, everything be all right this morning.
1: Live from the, from the Delta, Delta Media Studios, Studios in, in Upper Lafayette, Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and, and your big, big bald, beautiful, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
2: Our number three has arrived on this rainy Tuesday morning. Seems like we've been saying that a lot lately. So much raininess across the board i'm the big bald and beautiful one raymond parch the third i'm joined by the producer extraordinaire miss hannah five names we've talked so far this morning about fantasy football we've talked new orleans saints football we'll do more new orleans saints talk coming up in about a half hour as we hear from coach dennis allen who addressed the media yesterday But right now it's time for us to talk McNeese Cowboys football, and we're going to do so with an individual, if you will, that is an award-winning columnist reporter, well-regarded in the chuck as a man who asks the tough questions, who isn't afraid to show up to every press conference opportunity, unlike some in the media, and an individual who at one time, had possibly a lime green velvet jumpsuit. I'm just saying, the man is stylish. He's a trendsetter. It's Jim Gazzolo, the great one, joins us now. Jim, good morning. How are you?
8: I I did not have a velvet, uh, lime green. However, However here it I comes. did in the 70s. My father and I went to an Italian wedding in the 70s, and he wore a sky blue leisure suit, if you remember leisure suits. And I wore a lime green leisure suit.
2: Yes! 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 Oh, God. Oh, I don't know how yes. you knew
8: that, but that, nobody told you that, I hope. No,
2: you never told me that, but we just, I, I, I know you. And it just seems like in your younger years, you would have been rocking a certain look. So, uh, you know, a uh, leisure suit, was it is. Was I
8: also had an afro, by the way. Nice.
2: The great one. Oh, oh, Hannah wants photographic evidence. You know you're going to have to no, send her no, some types no. of photos of this. Oh, my goodness. Hey, all right. Let's put all the joking aside, bud. It's, it's serious business, huh? College football. Let's talk about it. No. So, I actually was really I watched, impressed. I
8: watched LSU. I can't put all the
2: joking away. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I know McNeese disappointed with losing their opener. I get that. But they went toe-to-toe for two quarters. The first half of play, they could not even been Mm -hmm. leading this game against a team that played for a national championship a year ago. McNeese has been a program in disarray due to APR and hurricanes. For Gary Goff to have his team fight that way for at least a half of football, that impressed me a ton. What about you?
8: Yeah, I, I think he got what he wanted out of the game, which was their attention and understanding how good they can be and how much work they need to do. So I, I think he's pretty happy with the overall. I don't think he's happy with the outcome, but I think he's happy with the process.
2: What did you make of what you saw from the offense? I know Coach Golf afterwards said, hey, we got to be better we got to seize our opportunities more so, especially when they're presented to us. Uh, I think of the the touchdown that could have been in the second quarter, how much of a game changer that would have been. But what would you make of what you saw from his offense?
8: Uh, Definitely a work in progress. A lot of of opportunities, a lot of mistakes, a lot of misses. I think a lot of things he talked about after watching the film yesterday, he talked about the opportunities were there. A couple of big plays that could have gone for touchdowns, where they missed Mason Pierce on the crossing, which is a staple of them. Um, he has to clean up. I think that uh, obviously the fumble in the near the end zone that cost him four points, uh, and, and never got a ruling on a call. Uh, but also the, the opportunity to have a uh, scoop and score when it was I think twenty three uh, and and. There's nobody in front of him, and he falls down the next play. They throw an interception. A lot of opportunity that they didn't take advantage of that I think he could say, this is how it works if we do it right. This is why we need attention to detail.
2: What's the biggest thing they need to work on offensively, Jim?
8: Uh, Short passing game, without question. Uh, The timing, timing routes, uh, making sure that the offensive line did okay until the end when they had to throw it, that, we had four sacks in the fourth quarter, but I think that they can run the football. They had a couple of big plays, but they didn't have that consistency. And third down, they were horrible. They were two for ten at third down, mainly because a lot of those were third and seven plus. They've got to get. They've got to win the early downs to get to the third, a makeable third down.
2: In the forty to seventeen loss to Montana State, the Fighting Bobcats, if you will. Uh, he, he did play both quarterbacks, but Knox Kadem was the guy. He got the majority of the reps. 11 of 21 for the former Virginia Tech Hokie, only 126 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Cam Ramson only had a couple of passing attempts there in, in the ball game. Uh Is Knox Kadem the guy moving forward, and how would you grade his performance against Montana State?
8: Uh, I wouldn't graded as incomplete. <laughs> um, I think we, the one thing we got to remember is they, they ran. They had some yards, but 47 percent of those came on two plays. That's what I'm talking about. They only averaged three yards a carry a play uh, on the other plays. I think that, that he he trusts Ransom more with the offense right now. I think he understands the offense a little better and he trusts him more. I think you'll see. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Knox. He trusts more. I think you'll see Ransom get a kind of a package more in the next game, play a little more, uh, especially when you run for 31 yards on your one carry. That lights up some eyes. But I think he wants moving forward, he thinks Knox has a chance to be the guy sooner than Cam Ransom. But that, that's just a call that he's making.
2: They ran the ball really well, and, and that's in spite of Knox accounting for 10 carries for minus six yards in this ball game, right? They were able to what run the football extremely well. You know, I know D'Angelo Durham, he had the, the 82 yards on just three carries and had the the, the great touchdown in the 75-yard run. But Deontay McMahon had 65 yards as well. They averaged 6.3 yards a pop in this ballgame and, and carried the rock 25 times.
8: And I think that – I've said that all along, and people are like, well, yes, yeah, the air the air raid offense, the air raid this. I'm like, there's going to be ground chalk here in the chalk. Um, I think they're going to run the ball. I think they're going to pound the football as much as they can. What happened the other day was uh, they were controlling the game in 10-10. And then in a kind of a 10-minute period of the last minute of the first half and the first eight or nine minutes of the second half, The game got away from them and they only had one first down and their defense was on the field too much. And they scored 23 points. The Bobcats scored 23 points at that time. And that changed how they could attack the rest of the game. The thing that um, golf talked a lot about yesterday was you look at the game. There were three really good, including the first touchdown catch, really good plays made downfield by their, by the Bobcat receivers. McNeese has to do that. He said, we had a couple of chances to do that. We didn't make the great play. Those are what sustained their drive. If you flip those, we're in the game all the way through. But they made all the big plays, and we didn't. And that's what green teams do.
2: Once again, Montana State played for the national championship at the FCS level just a year ago. So still plenty to take away from. We're talking with Jim Gazzolo. He covers the McNeese Cowboys for the Lake Charles American Press. I want to ask you about the the defense because we said this team was going to be led by its defense, and it stood up fairly well. I know as the game progressed, Montana State just kept grinding it out. They only gave up 182 passing yards, but they gave up 359 on the ground. Lane Sumner himself had 176 on 24 carries. Uh, what do you make of the rush defense in particular? Do you think it's just, hey, they faced an opponent that just, you know, started grinding it out in the second half? Or are you, are some concerns there about McNeese's ability to stop the run?
8: A um, little concerns because they couldn't at the end. Uh, so you always worry about then, well, do they have the depth they talk about because they were out of gas? But it was 98 degrees, and – Montana State had 80 plays to McNeese's 48, so there was a factor. And really, the third quarter is when the game got away from them. They're leading at halftime in total yards, but in the second, in the third quarter especially, they only got one first down, and that's when I think they got almost a third of their, oh, two thirds of their, or uh, I'd say half of their yards came in the third quarter when they put the game away. And that's when they really started to grind them down. And then the fourth quarter. They were just trying to throw it as quick as they could and try to get back in the game if they didn't have the ball much. Um, they never gave us stats for time of possession. So I don't know what the official time of possession was. They had some stat problems up there. But I, I would guarantee you that it was probably 35, 36 minutes
6: for, for Montana State. And
8: that just that, that ends up wearing them down. A couple of times they over they overran plays. Um, their clock was pretty good, I thought. But they, they missed some gaps, and uh, you know it's the first time they ever
2: ran this defense too. Jim, they're going to turn the page now to a Rice team that got mollywhopped by USC in the opener, and Rice oh, has. Nice word. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, hey, hey, I'm not the only one. You know, uh, you're not the only Your one that went to. You're you, a word. Oh, you're not the only one that spent some time in college in the in the state of Illinois. So <laughs> so. Wow. Rice is a bad program, and they've been that way for a while. What's the thought process here? I, I know it's an FCS-FBS matchup, and that always tends to favor FBS, but Rice has been a program that has been down for a long time, and their starting quarterback got injured in the opening loss to USC. Does McNeese have a chance, based on what you saw in the opener, to maybe pull off the upset and beat Rice Saturday night in Houston?
8: So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they have a chance. Uh, If you're going to beat an FBS opponent, Rice is the team you're going to beat. It's an opportunity for them. I think it'll be a better game, mainly because I think the matchup is better, quite frankly. Uh, But the, the difference is, there's a couple of guys that are going to go. There's a defensive end on Rice that's going to go to the pros. There's a couple of position players where you will see an athletic difference. And Rice will not beat itself. It's a very, very smart team, obviously. But talent wise, this is where we, we get a little closer than people think here. And this is an opportunity for me to make. I thought all along this was the game I wanted to see because this is where they want to go. They want to go to Conference USA. Rice is Conference USA. It's a lower level Conference USA, so this is the opportunity. And they're going to have about 3,000, three thousand, thirty five hundred fans going. They say, and if they could do that, they, they might outdraw Rice. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. This is a game that's maybe because it's a NASA thing. It's the they're going to do a celebration of uh, President Kennedy's um, speech at Rice Stadium, saying we're going to go to the moon and all that. So. Why
2: not shoot for the stars? Mr. Positivity. Why not shoot for the stars? Ooh, is that going to be the like lead twist? of your column in the next couple days that will be featured in the Lake Charles American Press? Why not shoot uh, for the stars?
8: Um, I don't know. My internet's out at home, so who knows? Let me take a couple days
2: off. <laughs> <laughs> Why not shoot to go to the moon while in Houston? That's the thought process behind McNeese's game plan. I just, I
8: just think this is a look. I, I watched them. I watched this program play very well against FBS schools. Almost beat Nebraska once. Yes. Destroy South Florida. Beat Middle Tennessee on back-to-back years. They play very well in these games for some reason. And, and I'm, I'm interested to see how this team reacts and how much growth they have in a week.
2: I, I would agree as well because they they had a very good showing and teams usually take a big step from week one to week two, especially in college. They, they always do. So is it going to be enough to pull out the win? No, but I did like what I saw in week one. All
8: right, Jim. You know what we saw? We saw a kick made. We saw three for three in kicks.
2: Oh, buddy! I wish I was going to Houston with you on Saturday. It's uh, it's it's birthday party day. My daughter turns That's eight. More yeah, far 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 more important. But um, I'll see you soon, my friend. I, you know, I have a gift for you, by the way.
8: Did you know oh, that? Oh, the gift is just being a part of your show. Oh, listen to that! Listen to, me. to be able to wake up and hear Hannah talk to me on the phone and say nice things.
2: Oh, and I
8: tell her she should come to the shop. I'm to the Chuck. I'm she's coming. Anna.
2: She's coming to the Chuck. That's already been decided.
8: Oh, oh she's, there you go. She's
2: coming to the Chuck, my friend. She'll be there. Taking photos, posting well, stuff on social have... media. Giving the Chuck all the love. Well,
8: That's all you can ever do.
2: There it is. He's the great one, Jim Gazzolo. Jim, thank you for your time as always, brother. Enjoy the rest all of your right. week. I'm sure I'll talk to you between now and Tuesday probably about seven times.
8: Ah, you're going to pass right by the t- – town uh, in a couple of weeks, you're going to pass right by the town, aren't
2: you? Maybe. Or maybe I'll be I'm coming to the race. town. Ooh. Maybe so. Maybe I'll be coming to that game instead. You never do know. You never do I'll know. I'll
8: leave some bit of rice by the door.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Jim. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, buddy. we got to take a timeout. Oh, man. Good stuff there. Look, I, I was really impressed with, with what I saw from McNeese covering the program like I had the last year, covering them through the Hurricanes where they lost their season, having to play two seasons last year like everyone did in the Southland, dealing with all the APR stuff, dealing with all the guys leaving the program, not having lights at their stadium, (laughs) where they've come from and what Coach Goff has done since taking over in the spring. To have that team go toe-to-toe, or an entire half with a team that played for a national championship a year ago is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And maybe him turning things around is a little ahead of schedule than what some of us thought. We'll see. They have an ample opportunity against Rice, an FBS opponent, this Saturday in Houston. We got to take a timeout. We'll update the poll question of the day. Get to your latest comments. That's all next, right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Do you think RP3 is the only nickname Ray has? Think again. Uh- There was Little Veinant. There was Little Foot, Little Bubba. There was LD, which
2: stood for Little Dufo. There was Ray Dog. There was Ray Diggity Dog. There was Fish. There was Fish Face. There was RP3. There was even Ramundo from El Segundo.
1: Back to the host with more nicknames than he knows what to do with. RP3, RP3, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Lake Charles, Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you or the contractor that you've hired or the guy down the street that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, a gazebo, minor landscaping, your wife wants rose bushes for no good reason. You run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service and to promote public safety. Louisiana 811 and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to remind you: call 811 and know what's below before you dig. Let's check in on the poll question of the day. It's about fantasy football. RP3 and Company Fantasy Football League will be tonight 6:30 live. Online draft. I'm in two leagues. I'm in the RP3 and Company League, been doing that ever since I've been here at the station. I'm also in, in an old league of mine with some buddies of mine. This will be our 19th year doing it. And man, I feel old just saying it. How many fantasy football leagues do you play in? That's our poll question of the day. 38% of you say two, 31% say one, 18% of you say more than three. And 13% of you say three. Let's get to some comments if we shall have time. Oh, I thought I had more comments. I don't. What happened? What happened to the comments? I thought I was going to have more comments. Oh, here's a comment. JPK, the OD has sent me a direct message about the Acadiana Bourbon Society a certain voice of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns is part of the group as well. And they have their own fantasy football league. Bourbon, fantasy football. I may have to be in three leagues starting next year. Or I may just have to sacrifice my friends in the league I've been in for 19 years. <laughs> if I have to make choices, there may be difficult decisions On the horizon for years, truly. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You have to make tough decisions sometimes. And if this is a tough decision that I have to make, then dang it. It'll have to be made. Sorry, friends that I've been playing fantasy football with for nearly two decades. I may have the opportunity to join some type of bourbon organization. I have to take advantage of that. Let's go to the book of face. Not to be confused with the talk of the tick. Jarrett, my guy. That's my man, Mr. Lopez. Auto draft, so half? That's his comment. Brian says, none of the above. Is Brian telling us that he does not play fantasy football? Shout out to you. You probably have more time to spend with your family. Kyle says, zero, zero, and he did so all caps. So Kyle's letting us know he's screaming at us, zero. Shout out to Kyle. Cody says, I've never participated in a fantasy season. Blaine says, when a friend shows you a 10-team league and they literally have all the best players at each position, you know they playing with an amateur. Jude has commented says three. Three. There we go. Jared also is appreciative of me using the term mollywopped. I need to bring that back. I need everyone to start using that in just everyday lingo. Like when you go to get your coffee. And then you down it afterwards and you're like, I mollywopped that coffee. It really doesn't apply, but I just want you to start using it. I want it to be in the lexicon, so to speak. I know, that's a fancy college word. Did, did they Do did they teach those type of words to you at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette? Yes. Sorry. They do. Sports, they're the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. I want to yes. make sure I do that disclaimer before I get lit up on social media yes. for calling the university what they actually print on the diplomas they hand out.
3: Right, and whenever you go and you do a – just the letters of it. It's U L L because <laughs> University is U and Louisiana is L and Lafayette is L. <gasps> it's U L L. Oh my gosh. Come from a graduate. Oh the, no.
2: The University is U L L. The athletic programs are the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Just yes. so we're clear.
3: There's a difference. Yes. <laughs> and uh. Just so we're clear. Just to to let Ton know.
2: Shout out to Ton
3: because he says he wants to have an intervention because I would had a ramen for breakfast. Um, yeah,
2: thank you, Ton. Yes.
3: <laughs> I did have some hot chocolate and some cheesy grits with crystals yesterday for breakfast. That makes anybody better.
2: What are you putting in your body?
3: Grits and hot chocolate? How's that bad? Grits and in hot breakfast?
2: chocolate don't go together? Did you mix them together and heat no. it up all up in one? Oh, oh I was about to.
3: No. Whew.
2: I was getting Kenneth's worried.
3: variety pack of his uh, K-Cups, they come with. uh, Milk chocolate, like hot chocolate ones in there. So I use the cake of hot chocolate in my free Dobby mug.
2: I see. I see. I see. Do you know anyone in your life that will take a pack of ramen noodles, open them up, season them, and eat them dry without cooking them? You do that, too?
3: <laughs> I, did, I did it this morning.
2: I found someone else. My what? Friend,
3: my mom would yell at us. She made it a rule that if we had gotten Raymond noodles from the store...
2: They're not Raymond.
3: They are Raymond noodles. <laughs> um, I say ramen sometimes to make people feel better. But I say Raymond noodles.
2: There's no Y or a D in that name, by the way. It's Anyways. my name. I know how my name is spelled. Continue.
3: I don't care. Anyways... My mom made us, every time we got ramen noodles from the store, we had to, if we got, like, four of them, we had to at least eat two of them cooked. We couldn't eat all of them dry because it was like a like an after-school snack type thing.
2: So you're the second person that I've met that eats the ramen noodles dry.
3: Yeah, and when you go to my wedding, you'll meet two, well, three more people that do that because my brothers do and my sister does as well. It was like an after school snack thing. See what Yeah. It was when he grew out of the whole like eating chocolate pudding after school phase. We went to ramen noodles dry. <clears throat> but it has a block. You had to crunch it up. Then you I, eat it.
2: I think we found Oh, uh-huh! My buddy Jared just texted me too. He says, I do that, bro. That's gonna be our poll question of the day tomorrow. <laughs> the foodie poll question of the week. We got we got it. Got it figured out. Do you eat ramen noodles dry right out of the bag? That's going to be the foodie poll question of the week. we got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we're going to talk New Orleans Saints football. We're going to hear from head coach Dennis Allen. That's next right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Here on RP3 and Company, we talk about the sports you know and love. Baseball, football, basketball, and soccer? Isn't
6: this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we
1: go. Okay, maybe not soccer, but we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and Company on The Game. game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
2: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the start of a new football season. Bet just $5 on Thursday's game, and you'll get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for the Thursday night game between Buffalo and Los Angeles, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on the Bills or the Rams to win. If your team leads by seven, At any point during the game, you're going to get paid instantly. Even if your team loses, it's a a no-lose situation. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 1037GAME, that's 1037GAME, to get yourself $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on Thursday night football. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years of age to play, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only, bonus issued as a free bet, one early win token issued at opt-in, money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner is Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Let's talk a little New Orleans Saints football, shall we? It's hate week. It's the opening week of the season. And New Orleans will travel to Atlanta to take on the Dirty Birds on Sunday night. Dennis Allen talked to the media yesterday as his team prepares for their season opener. It's going to be interesting to see what this team's going to be all about. I told some friends the other day, yesterday in fact, that weren't high on Jameis Winston running the offense. This is my prediction for Jameis Winston in the offense. If healthy, if healthy, and I know that's a big if, I get it. It's a big if, but I like Jameis Winston to have what I would call a really good season. What I think his potential is, with the Saints. And this is what I said. I said I would not be surprised whatsoever if you see Jameis Winston go out there and throw for more than 4000 yards, 35 touchdowns and less than 15 picks. If they do if he plays that way with the weapons that he has, once again, healthy Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, Deontay Hardy now pushed back to the number four. Callaway, the number five. Traquan, the number six. Taysom and Troutman over at tight end. Kamara, not going to be suspended. Offensive line, if they can figure that out and have them play better. I've been telling you guys for months that this is going to be a playoff team, that this is a team that could win anywhere between twelve and uh, 10 and 12 games. The NFL comes down to talent. This isn't college. Right? The, the big thing for NFL is talent. You can't win in the NFL with a subpar roster. You just can't. You sometimes can win with a subpar quarterback. See Philadelphia winning the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. He played the best football of his life in those playoffs, and they were able to win. But they also had studs on defense and offense. You have to have talent. If you don't have talent, you're not going to go anywhere. Plain and simple. College, you can overcome. You can get everyone to buy into the team concept. You can rise to the occasion, if you will. NFL is all about talent. And the Saints have a more talented roster now than they did a year ago. And a year ago, with four different guys playing quarterback, including Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill, with no Michael Thomas, two bouts of COVID, impacting their schedule. They still narrowly made the playoffs. They had a winning record. The roster got better. The roster's healthier. That in turn leads itself to more wins. That's how the NFL works. The NFL is if you have the talent and you can stay healthy. That's what it's all about. You have talent? Great. Can you stay healthy? Great. You're more than likely going to be a playoff team. That's how it works. If the Saints can stay healthy, they can win this division. I think Tampa Bay is going to take a step back. They may still be in the wild card mix, but I like New Orleans to win the division. And now I've been telling you this for months, and now all of a sudden, everyone, national media, as one of my buddies says, he says, why are all the national media people all, all, all over us? I go, what do you mean? They're all picking us. Because of this happens. Peter King comes out, and he predicts that the Saints will win 12 games, go 12-5, and and win the division. And what happens when a national, respected, longstanding NFL writer does something like that? All the other people want to follow suit and copy. So now everyone's all over New Orleans saying, hey, they, they they look like a playoff team to me. If you've been listening to yours truly, if you've been listening to Kevin Foote, for the last, what, three months, five names, we've been talking and telling you guys that this is a team that's going to be immensely talented. If they can stay healthy, they have the potential to be a 12-win team, which would more than likely win the division and put them in the playoffs. It's all, it's all going to be if they stay healthy, and that starts up front. That starts up front. And to so that point they got some good news yesterday about their first round draft pick Trevor Penning out of northern Iowa who had got injured during the preseason they thought oh no may lose him for the year looks like a really severe injury but Dennis Allen gave us an update that in fact Trevor Penning is going to be back this season
4: well I think that I think that's the case yeah I think there's some 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 hope that he'll he'll be back at some point. And, you know, certainly he's going to work extremely hard to try to get back out here. So hopefully it's sooner rather than later. But, um, you know, we'll just have to see.
2: That's great news. Because he was going to be your sixth man on the offensive line. All reports are that Doug Marone's done a nice job building up the offensive line. Trying to make Andres Pete not pond water. Make him actually good in pass protection, so he doesn't do the constant Olay and just let the guy go by him. Fixing Ruiz. You don't need Caesar to be great. You just need Caesar to be competent, because you got a you got a good to very good center in Eric McCoy, and you got arguably a guy that's in the discussion as the best right tackle in the NFL. You just need Caesar to be competent, and you can run all day long on the right side of the line. But getting pinning back is going to be a huge deal for this team because that helps with your depth, and that's also going to help with his further development as well. Defensively, they're gearing up to take on a new-look Atlanta Falcons team. Calvin Ridley, not there. Julio Jones, not there. Matt Ryan, not there. The the Dirty Birds that, you know, chirped back and forth for years with the Saints, those guys aren't there. This is a new-look, new era of Atlanta Falcons football And they're going to trot out Marcus Mariota, former Heisman finalist out of Oregon, first round draft pick, who torched the Saints in his, you know, rookie season, which is always the case for the Saints. But he's bounced around a little bit and he's looking to resurrect his career with the Falcons. And Dennis Allen was asked about how it is, how is he and his staff studying Mariota and how to stop him?
4: Look, we've looked at a little bit of what they did with him in in Oakland or Vegas. We obviously studied what what they were doing with him back in 2019. I think he started the first six games for Tennessee back then. So look, we're going to uncover every stone that we can to try to um, you know figure out the things that they may do. And there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to have to adjust to throughout the course of the game. That's just the nature of you know, the season opener where where there's a lot of uncertainty as, as to exactly what they're going to do or how they're going to try to attack you. And so we'll have to be we'll have to be ready to adjust.
2: They're going to have to adjust and to, to further that point, Demario Davis, uh, still, even now, a wildly underappreciated and undervalued linebacker, a great leader for the New Orleans Saints. He talked about you know what Mariota brings to the table against the Saints defense?
0: I mean, he's, he's been in this game for a while and, and has done some good things. You know, a guy that's smart, can keep their offense on track, a ton of athleticism, so he's dangerous not just with his arm but with his legs as well. So, and he got some good weapons around him. It's challenging enough to start with a good quarterback, but when a good quarterback has weapons around him, it makes it even more challenging, so, so we got to be on our
4: game.
2: Got to be on their game. And the Honey Badger as well chimed in on what Mariota and the challenges of facing him running that Falcons offense.
4: Well, he's always been one of those guys that can, uh, you know, extend plays, you know, move around uh, the pocket, uh, you know, find guys downfield. So, uh, I mean, it would be tough duty uh, trying to stop him. You know, obviously they have weapons you know, in the backfield and, you know, the tight end position and, you know, the great size at, at wide receiver. So, it'll be a great challenge for us.
2: It will be a great challenge. Defensively, that's what they're looking to do is to slow down Marcus Mariota, who is much maligned. I, I like him. I, I thought him coming to the Saints as a backup a couple of years ago would have been a good move. It, it didn't happen. But he's a smart kid. He's been banged up a little bit in his career, but... He's a pretty good backup to have there, but he's the starter for now in Atlanta. And and one more. Look, they go into this season, Jameis Winston's running the show, running the offense. You got Michael Thomas. You got Chris Olave, You got Jarvis Landry. You're going to have Alvin Kamari. He's not going to be suspended. It doesn't appear. You know, so how confident is Dennis Allen, the former defensive coordinator, now turned head coach, in his quarterback and Michael Thomas and the offense as a whole?
4: Yeah, I do, you know, certainly in a perfect world scenario, everybody would be out there all the time together. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world, and so we have to be able to adjust to that. But I, I like where each one of those guys is individually, and, and certainly there's still some, some things that we got to do to gel uh, collectively as a group. But look, I, I, I like that start, you know, with all the talent and then we'll work to, to, to make sure it gels together.
2: Once again, Sunday, Saints, Dirty Birds from the ATL. Can't wait to see how the Saints make a statement in the opener. What if they just come out and crush the faces of the Falcons? What if they just come out, start off the season 3-0? and <laughs> Just saying. And they'd have to do so against all their division rivals? I'm higher on this team than a lot of people are. I know foot is high as well. I'm just saying, guys. If they can stay healthy, they can do some damage this season. We got to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show, finalize the poll question, and get you set up for Kevin Foote and a glorious Tuesday edition of Footnotes here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person. Go register in the Game Rewards Club to score yourself four tickets to see Houston take on Tampa Bay Saturday, October 1st. We'll even throw in a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. This is going to be the final Astros weekend giveaway of the regular season. Tick, 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 tick. Time is running out. Astro weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Love Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. So go sign up today in our rewards club to take advantage of that so you can score tickets to see the Stros. I want to take a moment to thank our guest, Brett Chancy from the Locked On Astros podcast, Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, and, of course, the great one, Jim Gozzolo from the Lake Charles American Press. Final results of the poll question of the day, producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah, five names.
3: All right. So, poll question of the day: How many fantasy football leagues do you play in? Leading the vote and winning it is two with thirty-six percent, followed by twenty-nine for 1, 21 for more than three, and fourteen for three. You have more than three, dear gosh! How are you living? I can't even control that. I have two.
2: <laughs> I got, I struggle with one. Thank you, yeah. producer extraordinaire Miss Hannah. Five names. Reminder. Okay. RP3 and Company, live fantasy football draft tonight at 6.30. It will be live online. You'll have two minutes to make your picks, so make sure you're prepared, fellas and ladies. For the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah, five names, I'm Raymond Parts Third, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes is up next here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.